0: welcome, folks. I am recording this episode Sunday night for release uh, sometime Monday morning, and mainly it's because this Sunday night football game is utterly terrible. Because all the <laughs> primary playmakers of the Bucks are basically injured at this point. You've got Mike e- uh, Evans out with a hamstring injury. Uh, Chris Godwin injured his knee. Uh, a couple more uh, injuries with Leonard Fournette going down with a hamstring injury of his own. Tom Brady is basically throwing to the fourth and fifth string wide receivers because of course Antonio Brown's out. And then meanwhile, the saints can't blow out the bucks because Taysom Hill can't throw the ball like this. This is terrible football. I I'm not even sure if we're going to get into this. This total is even going to hit 20. I I can't believe this game has devolved this poorly, but man, this is a terrible game. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm looking for a source of inspiration that maybe the Bucks can hit a deep pass play, but it's looking rough out there right now. I, I thought maybe you could get Scotty Miller over the top in this second half when I did my builds, or even, I just, yeah, Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller are not getting it done tonight uh, so far, at least in the second half. So I'm recording this episode uh, before I hit the sack, just because I'm not sure how much time I'm going to get to do this episode tomorrow but realistically it's a two-gamer that shouldn't have been a two-gamer because this Browns Raiders game was moved from Saturday to Monday and I don't like uh, the setup now because realistically the idea would have been to try to target specific pieces in this game to pair with the Colts players because I didn't like any of the New England folks outside of Hunter Henry uh, in terms of uh, the matchup, which ended up kind of being right, uh, uh, because in the in the showdown format, you needed Hunter Henry and the captain. And unfortunately, I did not play Hunter Henry and the captain because I didn't think he was going to get uh, that many red zone targets. And he ended up in the in the comeback script. He ended up getting two touchdowns, but that's neither here nor there. So let's talk about uh, this uh, Raiders Browns game, and you know. We don't really know what we're getting with the Browns still. I mean, yes, we know that most of the team is still in health and safety protocols. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a limited group. They didn't want to play it uh, in the, the uh, they didn't want to play uh, the game Saturday just because the, the Browns, it didn't appear that they had enough players to field a competitive roster. You know, we'll see what they come out with uh, Monday, but it doesn't look that to be that significant in terms of um, of a build. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. It's uh, it's just a case where we got a low scoring game. I don't know why people are still favoring the Browns to win this game. I, I, you know, I know the Raiders suck, but and the Raiders are terrible on run defense, but the issue is, and then what I kind of have a a little bit of a problem with is the fact that you know, I I thought we were going to get Case keto at QB. I think Nick Mullins is actually worse than Case keto and decision making wise, he makes just as many bad decisions as Baker Mayfield. So we're actually in a spot where. The usual issues we see with the Browns, why they lose games, are very much apparent here. So it's kind of a weird mix where the Browns, you know, this was a home game. The Browns were six and a half point favorites originally, uh, and uh, when these lines came out, so uh, you know, I kind of targeted that because I I thought that was way too rich of a line to give the Browns originally. Uh, This line did come down further um with all the issues going on with uh, the Browns in the first place so the Browns are only favored by 3 which is where it really should have been to begin with even if bigger and some of these other guys were out of covid protocols that's where it should have been uh in terms of other injuries for the Browns Cream Hunt out uh so you got Nick Chubb and we're going to talk about the uh this other cat here Dearness Johnson as well because Ernest is still going to get some carries uh, in the mix here. And I think, you know, just the way the Browns play, they're going to find ways of mixing it up. So I wouldn't call it the craziest thing in the world that Dearness Johnson hits double digits tonight in terms of points because he gets a goal line carry and people are going to tilt because they're expecting Nick Chubb to get the carry. I know the Raiders are going to give Josh Jacobs goal line carries. You know, it's one of those things where I'm not saying you absolutely have to play Josh Jacobs over Nick Chubb. I'm just saying there is a higher risk of Nick Chubb failing than Josh Jacobs just hitting his floor. So, yes, if we're chasing GPPs, we're going to play Nick Chubb over Josh Jacobs. Don't get me wrong, but well, what I am saying is, in terms of the failure rate, there's a real chance that Nick Chubb fails to hit, uh, because you're, uh, realistically, folks are looking for Nick Chubb uh, to hit uh, somewhere between 18 and 20 points today, or, well, tomorrow, Um I'm, I'm speaking in the future, but you know, you know what I mean, <laughs> like, for Monday. Um, anyway, uh it's, it's kind of one of those uh, situations where I kind of look at it as, you know, it's going to be a very predictable Browns attack. You know, no one is going to be surprised by uh, what Nick Chubb is going to be uh, doing uh, by and large. I, I mean, you shouldn't be. You really shouldn't be surprised if uh, Nick Chubb... Uh, uh, is in the teens, uh, you know. Realistically, I think that's uh, that's a fair assessment, in my opinion. I don't, I don't look at this as a case where. I, I really don't. I, I don't look at this as a case where you're going to see. Uh. The Browns just completely manhandle. The Raiders, I, you know, normally, if the, both teams were completely healthy, yeah, maybe. But the Browns still haven't committed to a full-on rushing attack all year. The exception being the De'Ernest Johnson game because they didn't have anyone else to use. So they had Case Keenum and De'Ernest Johnson, and they used it on Thursday Night Football. That was the only game. Could they do a repeat of that and have it be Nick Chubb getting to work? Yeah, they, they they could, but I'm not banking on it because that's just not how they've operated. They just haven't operated in that fashion. So to me, this is a case where I think you can play. And again, this is not me saying this is a good play. I'm just saying. If you're trying to get different and you're wanting to be a little bit more proactive, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world to be playing in in this two-game slate, to be playing Justin Fields and then run it back with multiple pieces in the Raiders-Browns game that's not in the QB spot. Because I think you can play Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb and then still play Dalvin Cook uh, for the Monday night ga- uh, game, game because uh, you know the uh, Raiders Browns game is at five, um, and the the uh, the prices realistically the prices don't matter on DraftKings and Fanduel today. Uh, you know, re- realistically for this for this two gamer on Monday, it doesn't matter because the you got backup QBs uh so Nick Mullins is dirt cheap. Fields is always price low because Fields just, you know, he can not he he still struggles throwing the ball. The uh the priciest uh, cat on the slate is David Carr. I mean, well, I shouldn't say David Carr. It's going to be Kirk Cousins, but <clears throat> the, the 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 issue with playing Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins in prime time like, no one in their right mind should be trusting Kirk Cousins in primetime because every time we see Kirk Cousins play in primetime, he does random crap that like you're just wondering what in the world are you thinking, and his numbers just don't get there. He doesn't get there production-wise when it comes to primetime, so to me, like it, Cousins is one of the, the automatic fates. I, I don't want to say go crazy like go crazy fading Justin Jefferson but if we know Cousins struggles in primetime to me Justin Jefferson being the most expensive player on the slate lends itself to saying hey uh i think we got to fade Justin Jefferson just because you know could you could you play him yes you you can play him on the two game slate i'm not saying no what i am saying is If Dalvin Cook is the exact same price as Justin Jefferson, why are we playing Justin Jefferson when we know Justin Jefferson needs to have he, 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 he legitimately needs to have Kirk cousins, not suck. He needs to have it, not suck. And the thing of it is, is that if we're correlating this properly, there's negative correlation between Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. To me, you cannot play Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson in the same lineup for this particular 2 gamer slate. It doesn't make sense, uh, you know. For the Raiders, their construction is pitter patter passes. You know, just it, catching a bunch of uh, short receptions with Hunter Renfro and the like, and then when you get down in the red zone. You punch it in uh, with uh, Josh Jacobs. And yes, there's going to be negative correlation with Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro. I'm not saying no, but it's worse for the Vikings because uh, Justin Jefferson is so explosive as a receiver. He's just looking to streak down the sideline and he's going in on his own. He's not getting stopped like a Hunter Renfro, uh, like five yards short of the end zone because he doesn't have any explosive burst. To me, I have a harder time seeing Dalvin Cook score in the red zone because the way the Vikings have typically operated, they like to throw the ball in the red zone. They're not looking to try to punch it in. And As much as Mike Zimmer uh, grimaces on the sidelines at the play calling that he never seems to take any interest in being more hands-on with, even though he's the head coach, I, I, I would like to think that that should fall in your job description somehow that you would be more attentive to the actual play calling before it gets to game day. But, you know, Diamond Cook really has been more catered towards a uh, longer runs outside, outside of a uh, uh, first and goal than actually getting it inside a first and goal. So I, I, again, I'm, I'm a little bit skittish about playing Justin Jefferson, Plus, you have the possibility of Adam Thielen coming back, which is also going to take away uh, uh, some receptions from Jefferson. I don't think there's that great of a like. I I just don't think it's that great of a mix. Like you need you need to hold that um, to me, and we won't know this for sure before the, the lock happens. You got to need for sh- know for sure that Adam Thielen's not playing. There's a chance Adam Thielen plays tonight uh, or tomorrow night. Uh, I just, I just don't. I don't see. Uh, I don't see the upside. Well, I see the upside with Justin Jefferson. I shouldn't say that. He could always house one against the Bears, even though the Bears have a. Decent enough secondary to defend defend against him. Justin Jefferson is good enough that he could just take one to the house on his own. The problem is is that I just think he's going to have such fewer opportunities. And Dalvin Cook is in the exact same price range, and you still have Nick Chubb. It's like to me, I look at Justin Jefferson, and I know his ownership's going to be high. To me, fading Justin Jefferson makes all the sense in the world because if if you're playing Justin Jefferson you have to kind of play uh Kirk Cousins with him and I think just getting away from Kirk Cousins and uh entirely is the way to go in in terms of building I think if you if you're playing the other three quarterbacks instead of Kirk Cousins you know somewhere between 40 and 50 percent of the field is going to play Kirk Cousins because they want to play Justin Jefferson and I just think we know just uh, we know Kirk Cousins just has difficulty performing in primetime games. Realistically, that's just the way it's been, and he needs. And you saw it with the Steelers game. Dalvin Cook like destroyed the Steelers. Kirk Cousins almost let the Steelers back in it because he just could not complete passes. Problem I, like, you know, it's one of those inexplicable things. Like the Steelers had no business even coming close to being within double digits of that game, let alone having an opportunity of getting a touchdown and a potentially game-tying two-point conversion at the very end. So, to me, the play here for the two-game slate is let's uh, focus on the Raiders-Browse game. I think you can get value with some of these plays uh, if you get Donovan Peoples-Jones you look at a Rashard a Higgins. You can probably get value there, and then you play Justin Fields with a Darnell Mooney. I think you can make it work. In my opinion, I think I think it's workable. If uh, if you get if you get uh, Mooney, and again, Mooney's not going to be a surprise play. You know, people are going to want to play Mooney too. So I'm not saying. Uh, this is a uh, this is gonna be, you know, this totally unexpected play. It, it there 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 are ways where Darnell Mooney is uh, very much in a standard build. What I, I what I am gonna say though is, I kind of want to avoid, you know. And again, this is just me. I would be saying, you know, this is uh, just a case where. Getting getting creative and just being way like, and I'm saying if you're mass multi-entering, yes, you can play Justin Jefferson. What I, what I but what I'm gonna say is, being well under the field on Justin Jefferson, and concentrating more on the early game. If there's a chance that you get, uh, Thielen in there, take uh, taking away pass attempts, uh. uh To and targets uh, to Justin Jefferson, I think you're putting yourself in a far, far better position of being different and being able to cash uh, something significant tonight than by trying to force in uh, probably the most popular play on the entire – like, I think Justin Jefferson is going to be higher owned than Dalvin Cook, and I don't understand why. I would rather be trying – to uh, get the rock to cook to wear down uh, because we don't we don't know the the status of a key mix and uh <clears throat> and Mac uh, I mean you know if one of those two guys misses this is a dalvin cook game without a doubt so to me I I kind of look at this as a case where you know you don't necessarily have to overthink it i would be looking more towards uh getting uh yeah getting the exposure uh, that that we we'll be looking for with uh justin fields yeah you you fit in mooney you make it work and uh yeah they kind of go in that way i just i don't i don't see the rationale of uh Uh, going in a different direction to be to be perfectly honest uh, i I think you ca- you kind of have to lean into uh, the QB plays that you're not as comfortable with and then get creative uh with uh get creative with uh, uh some of these uh, uh Raiders players because I think at the end of the day that's where you're going to be able to see enough of a difference. And still be on the opposite side of uh, not playing Justin Jefferson, that's where the leverage comes in. Uh, by not having Jefferson in the lineup and you're still playing uh, some of the pieces in the Minnesota game and focusing on Cook, I think that's uh, that's more worthwhile uh, follow- statement. And, and not for nothing. You can also get different if you're playing like, for instance, I'll throw this out there. If you want to play Derek Carr, um, Chubb, uh, Fade, Fade, uh, uh Fade, Josh Jacobs, and kind of go with the Raiders' passing game. Um, you can go with uh Cook and David Montgomery, and then play like a Zay Jones and a Hunter Renfro, or like uh, if you, or swap Zay Jones and play a Foster Moreau in the tight end spot, along with Hunter Renfro. And then, you know, you could, uh, uh, play a piece from, <coughs> uh, play a piece, for, uh, from, uh, uh, the bear side. It, it, there are different ways to make it work. In my opinion, uh, today, you don't have to force in, uh, Justin Jefferson. I, I just think that at his, what, at least from where I'm seeing, uh, like some of his projected, ownership, and I think, folks are looking at just Jefferson season and just saying, yeah, like how can I not play him on this late? Uh, you know, the salaries are cheap enough that I can fit him in. I think that's where you kind of go in the other direction and yeah, it'll, you'll be in a much smaller minority, uh, in that regard by going in a different direction. So, you know, that, that's my thought, uh, for this two gamer in terms of, uh, like, just where the the games, I I think, end up going. You know, I know people want to, like, just, they're landing hard on, and the line just keeps creeping closer and closer to Minnesota, just stomping the Bears. You know, if you got this early and it was Minnesota 3.5, great. But road favorite by a touchdown? That's not Minnesota. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's just not how they operated. So, to me, I just hate the bet uh, if you're taking Minnesota. I would rather take the bear side if you're looking at uh, six and a half, seven points. Just take the bear side as the underdog at home and go with that. Whereas, in the the Vegas uh, Cleveland matchup, again, I think Vegas has a legit shot at winning this game. So. Vegas, you know, if you if you bet it early and you had Vegas plus six, great. But if, if you don't and you're kind of at uh, Vegas uh, at three, eh, not necessarily the way to uh, uh, force it in. So that I wouldn't necessarily go down that road. I'd probably use this as a teaser. So before I wrap up, uh, yeah, I, I would just like to say in terms of showdown, if you're playing it from a DFS standpoint, um, I talked about what I thought for the two gamer for showdown. I'm leaning more towards Raiders passing game. So I think you can play Hunter Renfro in the captain, or you can play David Carr in the captain. And uh, obviously you're going to have Hunter Renfro in that build as well. And, you know, Foster Moreau certainly can be a factor in there, but don't forget about the Sean Jackson either. That's why I'm saying, you know, for the two gamer, thinking about different pieces in the Raiders-Browns game is probably the way to go. And Richard Higgins is way too cheap in terms of the showdown pricing. He's only 1800 And he has just as much chance, in my opinion, as uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones to um, make a difference on this slate because, again, Nick Mullins is throwing to the practice uh, guys more often than not. So he may have a rapport that's better with higgins than people's jones you you may not know that we won't know this it just depends on how the practices actually went uh in in training camp so you know it, it is what it is uh, tonight in terms of it being a mess and as far as the monday night football showdown and my thoughts uh you know again i look at the pricing and i'm saying to myself it makes way more sense so again for monday Night Football. I think the ownership on Jefferson is going to be so high that fading Jefferson, mainly because we don't trust Kirk cousins at all might actually be the best uh, way to go about this because on showdown Jefferson is priced just below Dominic cook, which is going to make folks even more likely to play uh Jefferson over cook. And then, you know, depending on how you want to build this, I kind of like Mooney in the captain spot just because it gives me the salary savings so that I can fit in uh, Fields, uh, Montgomery, and Cook. But if you want to play Cook captain, you can still fit in uh, all the guys I mentioned. You just have to get a little bit more creative in terms of backup running back, and then you can look at Inyewu. um, Inye Wu, um I probably just butchered his name, but anyway, if you look up the backup running back situation for Minnesota, uh, Nene or however you, uh, uh, I think it's Nene, um, yeah, Kenne and, and, oh, wow, I completely butchered that, uh, Kenne and Nguaku, oh, man, that's terrible on my part, but it's late Sunday night, um, but regardless... I think that's kind of a way to go to go really cheap at 800 bucks on DraftKings. Um, the FanDuel pricing is going to be a little bit different, but I think just fading Jefferson is the way to go for showdown and in the two game slate. Yeah. Jefferson could go off and completely crush us, but guess what? You're going to be there with about 70 to 70% or more of the field. I just don't think that I don't think there's a way to get there with Jefferson and solo ship. I think if it's if it's Jefferson that dominates uh, the slate, I think it's just going to be a huge chop at the top and not a solo shipper. I, d- I just don't see how uh, Jefferson is a solo shipper build tonight. And, you know, that's what we're kind of going for. Um, you know, if we can't find another pathway to get there, sometimes, yeah, you accept the chop. But I don't think there's one of those uh, days, so, uh, tomorrow, so... Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. So, um, you know, news could change. So, obviously, uh, you know, if you see something that calls out what something you're listening to this on, obviously make a pivot. But in my opinion, um, you know, I'll be, this will be coming out Monday morning. So, by the time the afternoon rolls around, if you start hearing other news to, to the contrary, make your own decisions to pivot. I'm not going to be able to update in time, so I'll take from that what you will. But uh, Good luck, uh, tomorrow folks. And, you know, it tonight just shows the randomness of the NFL. I mean, that's what it, what it goes sometimes, but you know, we, we move on to the next day. So, uh, uh, goodbye for now. And until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.